Hello, sir. Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I decided to try to catch you in the beard contest. Yeah, I see that. I'm a li- I was a little thrown off. Um, I see a different, uh, different thing on your face and a different environment behind you. Yeah, things are things are changing. There's change in the air. So the the beard is because I was at um, a lake house last week, mm-hmm. which was great. Recommend I recommend renting a lake house for a week and inviting a bunch of your friends and family. Yeah, I've done that a few times up on uh, Lake Superior. It's always a good time. It's it's just wonderful to me. Waking up by the water is just is like as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah, totally. And be able to hear the waves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there any waves on your There lake? were no waves in our lake. There was the okay. quiet lapping of the lake against the shore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed the quietness of it. Like I got up really early one morning and made some coffee and then like paddled out in the canoe before the sun came up and it was just totally magical. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, super good. So that was that was really quite relaxing and nice. So the beard, I let the beard go and have not tamed it since then. And the background is different because I moved out of my apartment. I <laughs> This is kind of procrastination and kind of clever logistic planning. <laughs> it's hard to say uh, which one was a bigger factor. But I'm not going to rent an apartment for September because during September, I'm going to be on Martha's Vineyard for the month. Ah, okay. Um, so I go to Martha's Vineyard several times a year. It's this island off the coast of Massachusetts. And I have family there. And every year I'm like, you know, I should go for like a long chunk of time. Like I have this ability to do this and not pay and it's wonderful. And this year I was like, you know, I actually can do this now. So uh, I'm going to be there all month. Very nice. Yeah. So you can save a little bit of dough. And uh... Exactly. So I, I, I didn't find the perfect apartment or anything. So I was like, well, I just won't get one. And then I'll have no rent payment in September. And when I come back, I'll start looking for places. And uh, so as of right now, <laughs> I'm a 36-year-old man living with my parents. <laughs> Well, there's uh, many, many an entrepreneur who have uh, yes. moved in with their parents for one reason or another. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In the movie version of the story, we'll just spin this yeah. into like, you know, <laughs> and then I had to move in with my parents and kept struggling and tried to make it work. Right. Right. Yeah. You can rewrite the, the lore. It'll be perfect. Yeah. How many personal belongings do you have? Or would you call yourself a minimalist or was this like a big deal to like move all your stuff out? Well, so first of all, I hired movers which is oh, nice. yeah. easily the best money you can spend, I think. Pro tip. Yeah. yeah. I did it last time. And after I did it, I was like, well, I will never again move my own things. This was clearly 100% worth it. Uh, and so I did that again. That helps a lot. I had like a bedroom and then like a, you know, a couch and some, like not a ton of furniture. And all told, it was like under 500 bucks. And the fact that like, I'm just like hanging out, playing on my phone while like moving is happening is just like, it's it was so worth it. So that wasn't too bad, but I am like fairly minimalist, I would say, although moving shows you how not true that is. <laughs> yeah. Like you go into the basement, you're like, oh God, that's right. I put a bunch of crap down here that I wasn't even thinking about. The thing that I feel most torn about is the stuff that I like to use every once in a while. So it's like, okay, every so often I go camping and I want to have this like down under quilt from my hammock for when I go camping in the fall and it's cold. And it's like, do I need this? Like, not really. I almost never use it, but it's expensive and I don't really want to get rid of it. And it's just that those are the items that really, they, they tear mm-hmm. me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same way. And like, I can attest that, um, well, I moved, let's see, it was four months ago or so. That was extremely disruptive. I didn't, uh, I didn't go all in on the, uh, on having movers do everything, which I would, uh, I would definitely, next time I will be doing that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, never, never again for me, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. 
by the way, living at home is not all bad. Like I did some laundry, <laughs> going out to, mm-hmm. to going out to dinner with the parents. <laughs> like it's it's pretty good. It's fun. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And yeah, and then basically in uh, half a week or so, I'm going to head down to the island and live that life for a little bit. Nice, nice. So you have good, solid internet connection there, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's an internet connection. <laughs> you can test uh, poor latency situations for Tuple yes. while you're out there. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how re- recording goes. I'm going to bring my mic so we can keep it going. And, and uh, this is a like a working vacation kind of thing. So I plan to be getting yeah. stuff done. So I should have mm-hmm. some fodder to talk about. Nice. But yeah, that should be good. Got something on my mind right now, which is, I, I, this kind of actually might be a good question for you, although I think I know mm. the answer, which is, so I'm talking to a prospect who did a trial with a limited group of their company and they liked it a lot and they want to actually roll it out to everyone. And this is like a really good prospect for us, like definitely like right in our sweet spot. One of the things that is a hard blocker for them is supporting a single sign-on. Hmm. I don't know quite what flavor of it they use. It seems to be there's maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would definitely require changes on the back end for us to support that. Changes on the app to be able to like, you know, authenticate from a browser kind of thing. And, it, and it's like a, we can't roll this out slash pay you <laughs> until you have this. So it's kind of this like, okay, do we stop what we're doing and build this thing for this one company? who will probably convert but might not anyway like we could build it and there's like actually jk or do we not and that's like kind of something i've been turning over in my head today mm, interesting single sign-on you meaning like through g suite or something or what's the i believe you know what the technology looks like I, I kind of i've only done some cursory investigation on this um i believe google is one of the providers of a single sign-on thing so you can't like if you decide to use g suite as your like authentication source of truth i think you can kind of use it that way uh, there seems to be a couple protocols or something by which you sort of like single sign-on is kind of like a high-level goal, as like a as opposed to like a specific architecture. It seems like, and then there there are particular implementations of like SAML appears to be one of these. Yeah, um, but I'm sort of hand wavy on all this at this point. Because uh, at this point, is it the rationale that they are trying to basically? It's kind of like putting security controls or audit controls in place for their organization to say like anybody who's within this domain or whatever is allowed to create an account provision an account yes that appears to be what it is and like if someone leaves the organization you can disable one thing and then they lose access to all the things right yeah hmm i mean i've implemented like oauth flows and stuff quite a bit for drip integrations and i'm actually doing that right now for an integration i'm building it's not too terrible like i guess it's probably one of those things like the i feel like the answer would depend on scoping out the work and seeing what how widespread it is i feel like this would be a as you get more enterprisey type clients i feel like it's going to come up again so it's probably not a matter of if it's a matter of when and so it's just like is now the right time that's kind of how i would think about it yes you know? i think that's that's yeah we, we have had some other people ask us for it uh, and at the time we were kind of like, ah, eh, yeah, we're, well, if it's a deal breaker, I'm sorry, like we're not going to do this now. Um, but this particular customer will be really good. I think this would be harder to say no to. Also, it sort of presents as interesting, like, well, this is the perfect enterprise feature where it's like, this, this is the perfect price discriminating kind of opportunity where it's like no one who's below, you know, a hundred or 200 people is going to want this. Uh, so it's like, okay, oh, yeah, we absolutely offer that. It's in the enterprise tier you know talk to sales for pricing kind of thing yeah yep yep this one question kind of touches a bunch of parts of the business where it's like okay are we going to stop engineering and product management stuff okay it requires 
back-end work requires front-end work. Okay, we're going to figure out pricing and packaging and all this stuff. And it's just like, okay, uh, I thought I knew what I was going to do this week. And then this, this one email from someone's like, ooh, maybe all this stuff is different. And like all three of us are going to stop what we're doing and do something new. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I haven't read it yet, but I fully intend to. The shape-up stuff from the Basecamp team. And I feel like there's probably some opinions in there about how to approach this that I'm not fully versed on, but it's like, cause they talk a lot about like, you know, shaping up your work and then committing to it and not basically not changing what you're doing for a certain batch of time. And I wonder if that's, I struggle with that because I, at the same time, I like to be extremely responsive to customers and like implement those quick wins. That's some of the most magical stuff you can do as a product person. So it's like, when is it warranted to interrupt what you've been working on? And, and flip over to something that could have a big impact. Exactly. Yeah. I know I've said before, but like, this is one of the strengths that we have. This is one of our advantages. Right. And so never doing it, I think is the wrong choice. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's also one more. So I, I tweeted about this too, asking people for their experiences and, and sent some emails. And the consensus is it's not too bad. No one loves it. And apparently writing automated tests around this is pretty annoying because it's like, you know, there's like a handshake that happens with like a remote provider kind of thing. So like it's annoying to test these things. But one thing that I'm kind of kicking myself for, again, is I'm pretty sure I used the ThoughtBot Rails template when we spun up the back end, which I think is overall a good idea. Maybe I made my own gem choices, I can't remember. But anyway, we ended up using this sort of uncommon authentication gem. It's called Oath. Uh, and it's written by a, a former ThoughtBotter, a friend of mine. And overall is a pretty good gem, but it's not common it's not popular and so if we use devise there's just like devise sso you know drop in ish kind of thing for this yeah but yeah there's definitely not for ours and so oh, it's shoot. like oh god <laughs> we've wanted this for other things too like we've wanted a more standard authentication gem for other things like uh, email confirmation type stuff so it's like oh man do i let the scope of this increase so it's like maybe we should swap authentication gems and what does that mean for our hash passwords and the scheme for maintaining that backwards compatibility with that? And it's like, oh, man, this is uh, intimidatingly large, potentially. Yeah, that's a tricky one. It's like, yeah, you're comparing rewinding some some legacy decisions versus forging ahead. Yeah, if you end up needing to drop in, you want to drop in like numerous SSO providers or something, you want that to be a really smooth process where you can just keep dropping them, dropping them in, you know, if you're having to fight against your existing authentication system every time you do that 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 would not be good i think this is one of the hardest engineering decisions to make is where Mm -hmm. it's like do you keep pushing down the road you don't really want to go down but it will be a much smaller effort than backing all the way up and heading down a better road yeah this is like really challenging to make the right call here yeah do you do it right the first time or do you make decisions in the in the name of being being fast and continuing to move forward without stepping back, I guess it becomes kind of a technical debt issue almost, like or, or a, a legacy accrual at least. Yeah. The, the, the tricky part is it's always easiest to stick with what you have. The easiest thing will always be to just add another method onto your God object. If you have a giant user class, the easiest home for the next method will always be on the user class. The hard part will always be, okay, break out a new object to handle these new responsibilities. But if you never do that, you're just continually making things worse and worse. So it's like, okay, do we stop here and pay this penalty? And is it the right choice? Is it now? So it's, it's, it's challenging. Yeah, yeah. These are the hard questions. <laughs> yes, indeed. 
but that's why they pay us the big bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what's on my mind lately. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems like a it's one of, it's a good problem to have, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm faced with this client who wants to pay me money, and I just have to decide if I'm going to do this thing. So. Yeah, I'm overall I think in favor of doing this, but. I just for completeness sort of did took the devil's advocate approach in our discussion discussion thread about this. And there's like a pretty good counter argument to make where it's just like, we don't have to do this. Like we're, we're growing acceptably now. This might be a one-time effort that in, introduces long-term complexity where it's like permanently now the app is a bit more complicated. There's a fair argument to be made for the other side. which actually makes me feel kind of good. It's like, well, we can kind of pick either and they're both probably fine. Is this one of those situations you think where if you just told them we can't do it, would they be like, all right, fine, we'll just pay for it anyways? <laughs> um, normally, yes. That's, yeah. That would be normally my default. But uh, mm-hmm. this person said like, this is like SSO is a hard blocker for us. Hmm. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm inclined to just believe that person. Yeah. Yeah. What's the opportunity cost of doing this? Like if it takes, if this takes two weeks, you know, then you'll be shifting your focus off something else that you were going to do. So which one would move the needle more? Yeah. You know? Yeah, for for this particular thing, my concern is less the immediate effort, and it's much more the long-term complexity cost. One of our features is this observer mode, where you can have two people on a call, but add a third person who can observe it. And that, the observer existing, has complicated lots of work since then. Mm. So it's like... Interesting, yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it wasn't that hard to do, but it made a lot of future work hard. And I think those are the real insidious things you have to watch out for. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so my concern is like, this is one of those. And like, it's like, oh, now there's multiple ways to authenticate with the app. And so every time we think about billing or provisioning or whatever, it's just like, oh, and then we have to handle this case. Okay, how do we handle it in this case? And everything gets like twice as hard. Oof. Yep. Those are nasty. Yeah. So I don't know. So on Static Kit, I wanted to build functionality that allowed someone to start paying me for the product so i wanted like the bare minimum thing where someone can put a credit card in and when they do that it attaches it to a stripe subscription and kicks off the subscription right and i was trying to go really lean with it and not not over engineer a billing system and just do like the very minimum touch points into stripe to get to get all this wired up but since i'm kind of going i'm going down the freemium route where i have you know hundreds of people using it and someone at some point may decide they want to click an upgrade button it's less feasible i felt like for me to to like try to manually convert people over to paid. Like I wanted the paid upgrade option available in the app. I felt like that was kind of important to do early on or maybe earlier on than I would have in, in other types of situations. So I banged that out. I thought I architected the way the domain objects hook together in the database pretty well, but I'm already like encountering a situation where like if I if I end up going with like an agency model for billing where like Right now, like subscriptions are tied to a site. It's like you spin up a site in Static Kit that you can have many forms under and that you pay per site, right? But I've already been talking to some agencies and they're like, yeah, actually, like this is something that pretty much no one else has in the kind of the form space is like the ability to pay for an agency account where the agency pays for the billing and maybe they pass along the cost to the client or they decide how they want to do that. But like they want to have you know, basically a subscription that sits on top of multiple sites. And already, like, I have now an inflexible data model with respect to that. And I'm like, damn it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That sounds about right. I didn't want to go, like, 
too many layers and have like, you know, five different domain objects all loosely linking together in the event that I wanted to do this kind of really flexible billing thing. But I, I think I missed the mark. <laughs> it's really, man, it's such a hard problem. Like, first of all, it's just, it, it requires more code than you expect to integrate with Stripe. I feel like it really does. It's still, yeah. still pretty hard. Um, and then I agree. Like I've had this, so like we are in a sort of a similar situation where like people will sometimes sign up as like a freelancer and then want to move to a company plan or vice versa. Um, and it's like, oh, well, subscriptions are tied with a team, but that's not quite right because sometimes you want it tied with a person or like it's just it feels like no matter how you build the billing system you always it always turns out actually you want more flexibility than you thought you needed and you need things at higher levels and you need to be able to attach weird things to weird things and i think i remember someone wrote a book about this like an ebook like it feels like there's like a good amount of like battle scars here that if you've done enough of these you could say like look just always make an idea of an organization that has multiple teams on it that has multiple users on it and let yourself attach billing objects to any of those three things and have them be different and like there's like some some sort of i think there's some real world wins you could probably write up here that would be super useful yeah yeah I feel like I, I almost need to just like document my learnings for myself, for my anything in the future where that I'm doing billing related. Like this is my accumulated knowledge on this. Like this may feel like over engineering. It's not for these reasons. So just do it this way. You know? Yeah, yeah man. That's another like big bucks, classic trade-off question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, should you have built it so that you could make the changes easily? I don't know. Like maybe this is, there's a lot of timelines, versions of the timeline where you would never run into this and it would have been wasted effort right right it's hard to know yeah well at least you are writing code to let people pay you i like that kind of code yeah and uh similarly along those lines i got my first paying customer for static hey very nice congrats (laughs) yes yeah where's the whiskey (laughs) i know i uh well i have a spin drift here we go (laughs) close enough there we go cheers (laughs) yeah that happened this week and it always feels good that moment where you get the first you know even though it's a meager ten dollars in revenue it's uh it's greater than zero sure is and, uh, that's a magic moment yeah. yeah and if i can get one i can get more so seems seems likely yeah that's very cool so did you talk have you talked to this person i have yeah so i i've been kind of blending my time between doing kind of marketing ish tasks trying to get awareness distribution of the product out there and then just talking to as many people who have touched the product as I can. So having some good email conversations. This one came through, I think, saw a a guide that I published that was kind of promoted by some of my hosting partners. And he came through that channel, said, hey, the product looks really good. I have some feedback for you. We went back and forth. He described his use case to me. And I was able to turn around some some features that he needed pretty fast. Again, that's like... You know, I love this phase of being able to just do that and email them back five hours later. Like, all right, I had a productive day today. Here's what I did. It just so happens that like your <laughs> your request went straight to the top because you're the exact type of user that I that I want to have. And so knocked those out. And um, after a day or two, he was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Wow. So, it's beautiful. Yeah. Commerce in action. Yep. So does this represent much of like a mental shift for you or is this just kind of like a small check mark on the path of validating this thing? I, I don't feel like this specific occurrence of someone converting was like necessarily flipping a switch for me, but I feel like I have been on a gradual path towards like, okay, I can see I'm gaining confidence in my ability to, to do something interesting in this space. I'm seeing different 
places I can take this and grow grow the product. And I've just been gaining confidence in in the direction. And I think this is just another this is just another good signal for me. I mean, I've been admittedly kind of just like gradually dipping my way into here, like not making too many assumptions that that this is going to be the path I'm on. But at this point, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty dang good about it. You know, I think so. Cool. Yeah. I ran a static site backend thing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. This might have just been my own incompetence at the time, but we got plateaued in like the single digits of thousands of MRR. I think it was like six or seven K somewhere around there. If you built a thing and it did that, like, would that be, would you be pleased with that? If it plateaued and stopped there? No, I would not be pleased with that. What I'm trying to get to is like a default state of being sustainable, break even on my own, my own personal expenses. Like that's, that's step number one for me. And I think I can see the path forward with this. It is, you know, with forms only, it's low price point. There's reasons why it's like not attractive for the long, long term to just stay in this zone that it's at right now. The static site space in general is so up and coming. And I think there's, there is kind of a trend towards more and more people moving away from kind of the monolithic CMSs like WordPress towards static site generation. And I think there's a lot of different places I can go um, with this. So I'm betting on the fact that there is more beyond just like just doing forms and making it to sub 10, 10 K MRR, you know, but if I, but if I got to that point off of kind of a, a foundation, that'd be good because really I'm trying to get like default alive and then see where we can take it from there. Yeah, totally. I feel like if you did build a thing that was in that range and you got stuck there for a while, it wouldn't be a bad thing. You might just go, okay, well, this particular business doesn't have much more legs to it, but now I have a really nice thing offsetting my burn rate, and I can go look at other stuff now. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, another way to flip it is like, would I be okay with that? Like, I wouldn't be... That's not where I want to land and stay, but I would welcome it if... if if static had only ever grew to pay for my own personal expenses and then I had to shift focus into some other area or or just mutate the product and take on some bigger initiatives that are going to take a while to build. You know, if I have that baseline of revenue supporting me, then then I feel like I can I can take on anything, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. I, I wonder about being a solo founder. It might be easier to build a portfolio of smaller apps than one like finding one that can uh, support Mm -hmm. like do everything you want Mm -hmm. to do i think it's very tricky to find something that is both a good fit for a single founder who's doing everything and also has like the potential to grow really quickly beyond kind of that low (laughs) that low mrr range you know it's like i think it's really hard to find that i can only put out so much product work and do so much marketing i'm just one person you know and so i think by nature like anything i do that's that's realistic is probably not going to grow as fast as maybe something that a team of three or five could build, you know, and that's okay. I have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Hmm. Cool. Well, all that's down the road. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's pause and, and just savor that, that first customer thing. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. feels really good. That's very cool. I think even just that is, just, I mean, I know, I know you've done this before, but just hitting that mm-hmm. point is something is a place that almost no one gets to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a unique feeling. I got the I got the Stripe email. Maybe I'll print it out and frame it. Yeah, like you the, should. That's a great <laughs> like, idea. Like the corner store owner who puts their dollar in a frame. Stripe emails are best emails. 
yeah <laughs> they are <laughs> nothing like a payment notification i yeah i need to i want to do some research on this but i i couldn't find a, a simple answer for this maybe i just can't couldn't find the right things to google but i want the shortest path to a device i can have in my home that plugs into the wall and connects to my wi-fi and that whenever i post to it it rings a bell or plays a mm. chime or something mm-hmm. because i want to wire it up to like beep every time we get like a uh, a five-star call rating yeah on people or maybe a payment or something and, mm-hmm. and i'm sure i will turn this off pretty quickly but i just i just want to mm-hmm. do this project it just sounds fun there's got to be some little iot device on kickstarter or something yeah that totally <laughs> I, i'm sure they're like with a raspberry pi you can probably do mm-hmm. this somehow i just i wasn't quite sure what to look for or what it was called or anything so i couldn't yeah. quite figure it out mm-hmm. but if you want to tweet at me and tell me some stuff i'm like this is i'm open to ideas mm-hmm. yeah that's good yeah so anything else going on in your world no i think um i think yeah my kind of my summary of where i'm at on like i touched on you know still it's like talking to users and then just trying to do do the marketing things because i didn't because i've kind of just the, this product emerged quickly and i didn't do the eight months of of uh, building an email list and pumping it you know and building up kind of a an anticipated list of people around it now i'm just trying to uh trying to get exposure and awareness so i'm kind of making a list i've been working on this list and asking myself like every week what can i do to get the product in front of a new audience and so i have some i think i have some good ideas on there um but kind of setting that as a weekly goal to like have something whether it's a a little launch of something or a guest post somewhere or just some piece of you know educational content i put out or like a a little free plug in for react for some specific piece of technology that can kind of tie in with what i'm doing like all those things trying to yeah trying to keep shipping that kind of stuff every week i love it the thing that i think about when i'm faced with large tasks like this like there's a phrase that i just kind of repeat to myself over and over which is just keep chipping away at it Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think for like mental health sake this week um and i've done this before but i kind of gotten lazy with keeping this up but i tried like sunday evening sat down and just thought for like 20 30 minutes like what do i want to get done this week what's what's attainable what would be a stretch and put the things down on a list and then just start like checking them off on a to-do list i will often find especially when i have a lot of things on my plate it's like I will easily forget, like, did I actually, was this actually a good week or a bad week? And a lot of times my perception of that is dictated by how the last two hours on Friday went, oh, you know? Yep, yep. <laughs> so, so this list is like my own way of documenting and, and getting kind of those little, little wins, uh, just by being able to check them off. Very savvy. I think that's wise. Yeah. Yep. That recency bias, you got to fight it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, sounds like we should wrap it. Yeah. Good chatting. Yeah, good talking to you. And good luck with uh, the rest of the week. Thank you. You too. Notes of the show? Notes for the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. See ya.